Well, welcome everyone to the greatest spectacle in Indiana educational leadership, the IAPSS Pole Position 500 Bobcast. I'm your host, Bob Taylor, and we're here today working on the IPSS podcast to educate, inform, and entertain, hopefully, those edu dedicated educational leaders here in the state of Indiana. The IAPSS members are truly the pole setters in the race to provide the best educational programs in the state of Indiana. So, ladies and gentlemen, start your Bobcast engines. We're glad you're able to join us today, and I'm very excited. Our guest today is someone I've known for a number of years. I've admired and respected and has been a great mentor for me in the area of advocacy. It's my pleasure to introduce Noelle Ellerson Ng, who Noelle is with AASA. She currently is the Associate Executive Director responsible for advocacy and governance. Noelle, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I am very excited to be here on the Bobcast to talk education policy. Uh, so it's a good day. Any day is a good day when you can talk public education advocacy. First, let me thank you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of all the members of IPSS for the work you do for us as school superintendents uh, at the federal level. Um, I know I have been able to follow your work closely and see the influence you have, and it's truly your dedication and passion uh, that supports all superintendents, not only those here in the state of Indiana, but AASA is indeed fortunate to have you in that leadership position. So, Noel, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, maybe a little of your background, if you would, please. So I have been at AASA for 16 years. I am a millennial with staying power. I came right out of grad school and was hired as the policy analyst, and it's been a great ride. I love what I do. I think anyone who sees me or hears me talk about it knows that that's the case. And I will say with zero hesitation that while I am a traditionally certified teacher who has classroom experience, I do the best good for kids by supporting superintendents. Just because I can teach doesn't mean I should. And I truly think I do better for kids by supporting superintendents. So this job is a great fit. I grew up in upstate New York, uh, where we get lake effect snow and know how to plow those streets, unlike where I live now in Virginia. And I have my undergrad from Nazareth College in Rochester. My undergrad was in political science and elementary and special ed. And then I got my grad graduate degree at SUNY Albany, uh, and that's a master's in public policy and education administration. And I'm, if I had a pivotal moment when I was in undergrad, I did my study abroad all the way down in Washington, D.C., and I ended up in a government relations office for a education company that specialized in educational exchanges to the former Soviet Union. I had a great mentor. And by the end of that semester, I realized that I could be in education for a career without having to be in a classroom. Had really come to understand that I didn't want to make a career out of teaching, even though I was going to be fully certified. And I knew that there was a policy road. And so by the end of that semester, I had mapped out my next steps. I knew where I was going to grad school. I knew what degree I wanted. I knew what line of work I wanted to do. And so I executed a plan and I went to SUNY Albany, had a great experience, uh, had great professors, good work experience, worked for the college board while I was going to grad school. And then some company in Arlington, Virginia hired me in 2007, AASA. That was my first grown up job. And I've been there ever since. And then in that role in my current position, I oversee advocacy and governance. I'm super pumped to lead an all-female team. Uh, there's eight of us now. 
advocacy is just what it looks like. All the fun that we can have with the federal government when the ways that they think they might help public education. Sometimes we tell them they are indeed helpful. A lot of times we're telling them that they should rethink what they're trying to do. Uh, but it is a good, good challenge. I'm very grateful for the team that I lead and work with. Sasha Bedelsky, Tara Thomas, Kat Sturdivant, Danielle Thompson, Amelia Vance, Catherine Sledge, and Morgan Leftwich. The governance portion of my title is everything that goes into running a 501c3. We have an executive committee, a governing board. I try to her harangue you 49 state affiliates, Bob. There's 48 others like you, and you are a wonderful cast of characters that I've really enjoyed developing that element of my portfolio over the last three and a half years. And then lastly, we launched the Student Child and Privacy Center with half a million dollars in grant funding which is technical resources that we make available. And so that's what I do in my full-time job. I love it. I'm very grateful for it. And it's been a privilege and an honor to do it. And I look forward to continuing to do so. But I know um, that's that's your full, full-time job, but you also uh, have uh, also assumed the role of mother uh, of a, a delightful young one. And so you're keeping, keeping the balance perfect between family and, and leadership. And so it's been a pleasure to continue to work with you. I do want to share with everyone, um, Noelle is, is a very a familiar face to Indiana education. Uh, she's been actively involved uh, through AASA, but also through ASE, which is the Association of State Executives. And that's where her, her real engagement with uh, the executives around the country and helping to formulate not only advocacy strategy, but also to find commonality in our focus as we continue to support public education. And I so admire the work that you do there. And um, it is a it is an eclectic group of uh, of association executive directors. So um, uh, it's it's definitely uh, trying to herd kittens into a box to get us all the right direction. But we appreciate that leadership. No, you know, uh, one of the issues that we really focus on here at IPSS is looking at uh, the leadership, the topic of leadership. Um, I think you would find every one of our members believe that uh, IAPSS superintendents are truly at the forefront of Indiana educational leadership. And um, But we also realize leadership is an ever-evolving set of skills, uh, not only responsive, but also reactive and passionate and and consider it in all of those things. But we always like to hear about good leadership stories and, and good leadership um, suggestions. And maybe you could share with us um, and with our listeners some of your thoughts about what makes a strong leader and, and maybe even share a personal example of an educator or a mentor in your life that's influenced your thoughts about leadership. Absolutely. I mean, let me go with the low hanging fruit uh, and the very obvious answer. I work for the professional organization that represents leaders. I am so grateful for the myriad ways I see leadership demonstrated. I think I've learned more from seeing leadership in action just by being around superintendents, hearing them speak, than I learned in any of my classes. And I was very fortunate with my undergrad and graduate degrees to have great curriculum to study from and read about and learn from. But hands-on experience is really paving the way. I also think I work with Congress a lot uh, and both what we see in those headlines as well as what you just get when you're a lobbyist on the Hill for leadership styles from the elected members and their chiefs of staff and their their, their regular day-to-day -day staff. That's all leadership. So my thoughts on what make a strong leader also come from my husband. He's in hospitality and 
running restaurants through the COVID pandemic and in this post-COVID era is not for the faint of heart. And he really puts a lot of focus on communication, which is very much aligned with how we think about leaders. And when I think about what makes a strong leader, I sum it down to or sum it up to, you need to be responsible for what you are saying and what you are asking and ensuring that the people you are making me ask to, and this is for advocacy as well and leadership in general, that they are hearing what you are saying. And so that means you really need to be aware of how you communicate as an individual and how you lead, but also how the people you are leading and speaking to, how they hear, how they process, how they engage, how they move forward. And so it's really about being able to work with the team of people because my line of work like education is very human centric. And it's being able to ensure that my communication is effective. I also think I'm extremely well staffed in my department. We've had strong staffing my entire career at AASA. But we have really good hiring. We've really dialed in that process and we are just a well-oiled machine. And so I absolutely think that having the right people and a good fit and a good culture allows you a different type of leadership. And if I there's something I've seen that I really lean from, particularly as I'm well-staffed right now, leadership doesn't have to mean you're out in front. Uh, if you ask my team, I think you'll hear them say, yeah, Naval's just there to say no, to be the heavy, to clear obstacles. My team is doing their job. We're not redundant. And they come to me when there's something they need help on. And I leave from the side by being their yes woman, by getting things out of the way, by going to pursue funding or flexibility. And then they do the day-to-day work. And then if I have to think about mentors, I think this is where I will also check my privilege. Uh, my biggest mentors are my mom and dad. They valued education. They walked the walk. They talked the talk. My mom retired after 32 years in special ed. And the way they afforded and assumed education for all of their children uh, is huge to what I did. Carl Heron was my supervisor in the aforementioned semester abroad all the way in D.C., hugely impactful for the career path that I took. Still in touch with him to this day. Bruce Hunter, the man who hired me uh, in 2007, really taught me a lot about leadership and not taking yourself too seriously, but being disciplined in your craft. Uh, my former boss, Dan Dominich, uh, was a mentor. I had a great rise. I had great professional opportunities that he afforded me. And he afforded those to me because I worked hard, but Dan Dominich. And then I've had great female mentors. Tammy Barbara is the uh, head of sponsorship at AASA, but a female exec with experience in the, the car company Detroit scene. And she's been an amazing mentor and colleague as well. I could go on, but I've been very lucky and grateful with the support that I've had my entire life. Well, I, I would add uh, in looking at your leadership and observing that and learning from it in my time here with IPSS, I know that um, you lead through modesty as well. Um, you do have a great team, but that great team does require uh, someone to make sure that they're focused and and supported. And I've seen you do that time and time again. You know, Noel, I share with our members that we're very fortunate here at IPSS that over the last several years, we've gotten to the table in our legislative process. So we're working with those representatives and those senators that uh, really have now looked at IPSS as, as more of an asset and, uh, and that I want to give you compliment for, because I noticed that that's how you worked. You are at the table. Um, AASA is at the table in dealing with federal legislation and, and education issues and, and even broad-based. And so I want to share with you that there's a little bit of your uh, skill and your leadership here in Indiana, because we too feel that it's so important to be at the table. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your leadership, your dedication, commitment. Um, 
tell your mom and dad thanks if they're still with us because they actually did produce a, a, an outstanding educational leader. So, well, there's really one more question we want to close down as we're coming into the last few laps of our IPSS race here. That question is, you know, every student who graduates from high school looks to walk the stage and, and treasure that high school diploma. And the high school diploma in many states is signed by school board members and a high school principal, but also in most cases, it's signed by a superintendent. You know, my experience has been most everybody remembers a teacher, they remember their principal, but do you remember the name of the superintendent that signed your diploma in upstate New York? So I'm going to keep this uh, fresh and say, thank you for giving me this question ahead of time, because I did not remember. I believe having done a cursory Google, I had it down to either Fred Farah or Jim Malone. I think it was Fred Farah. He had been principal earlier in my high school career. We were a one high school district, and I think it was Fred Farah. But I wouldn't have known that if you didn't give me a cheat heads up. So thanks for playing so nice, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give Fred credit for the work he did in helping develop the program that produced uh, produced such an outstanding educational leader and friend of public education. So, Noel, thank you again for joining us. Uh, appreciate your time again. Look forward to continuing to work with you and continue to be involved with ASA and the wonderful assets that they provide our members. So. Thanks for joining me. So as the checkered flag comes down on this latest race around the IAPSS 500 Bobcast track, always remember you will make a lifelong impression on someone today. Remember, though, that that can be a positive memory or a negative impression. The choice is yours. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Be safe, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Uh -huh.